Have you ever found yourself wondering if there is more to life than your current circumstance? Perhaps you're stuck in a rut of mundane, unsure of where you belong. Maybe you feel bound by chains of poor decision making, feeling lost, but brave enough to consider, what if there's more to life than this? Hi, I'm Cindy Linton and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people gathering together in normal Illinois. People who have found the answer to this question is a yes and are committed to joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. I started a series last week called What Floats Your Boat? A really unique, different title. Um, But where it's leading us is the Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday is June 5th this year, and I'm excited. I'm excited about Pentecost Sunday. I think we should celebrate Pentecost Sunday more than just as much as we celebrate Christmas and Easter. Pentecost Sunday should be a part of our lives. We should celebrate it so much that people at work go, what are you celebrating? What what a way to introduce the Spirit, right? What a way to introduce the Spirit. Like, you know in the book of Acts... When the Spirit was out forward in the, in, the, in the upper room, no, I have no idea. Well, let me tell you about it. Yes. Or if they do and they say, well, that was for back then, you can say, no, that's for now. That's right. That, that's right now. Nowhere in the right. Scripture did it say that was just for back that's then. Right. The Bible is still, God is still pouring out His Spirit, right. and we're going to celebrate that here. We believe that this isn't just a chiropractic office. Right. That when we walk in, that when, when the people right. of God walk in, this is a, this is a house of the Lord. We bring right. the Lord in and we be, we are believing for his presence to be poured out today, every service and on on Pentecost Sunday as well. And I can't wait. And if you can't wait, read Acts 1 and 2. You'll find it right there. Uh, but I believe more now than ever we need the presence of the Lord in our lives. Amen. Uh, if we're going to call ourselves Christians and we've moved away from that, uh, if we're going to call ourselves that, we need to be Christ-like. That's right. And we need an upper room experience, not just on the day of Pentecost, but we need it every day. Because there are mountains and hurdles that we are having to climb in this society that without God's Spirit, we're not going to make it through it. Yes. Without God's Spirit, we're going to be tripped up. Just like everybody else around us, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble. But with the presence and the Spirit of God, He can say, look out ahead. On your left, take a right. You're going, to, you're going to avoid some things. And then people are going to look at us and they're going to see the light of God shining in our lives. Right. It's not for us to be the glory, but it's to Him be the glory. So but, uh, but before we get to preach, I, I'm going to preach on what floats our boat. And I'm excited. I'm excited about Pentecost Sunday. Um, but the term what floats your boat means do what you do that brings you joy. Uh, it's the idea of whatever we feel like doing. Right? What what floats your boat? What make, what makes you feel good? And and I, I don't really want to preach about what makes you feel good. I really want to preach against that spirit. I really want to preach against the spirit of you doing you because there's a whole society out there of just people doing people. And it's contrary to what God wants us to do. It's contrary to the spirit. It's contrary to the word. Nothing in here was about you doing you. It was about us following God. It was about us following God's plan. And we've got it so out of kilter and so out of whack. And so God has given us principles that if we follow after them, God will bring joy and peace and abundance in our life. And I don't know about you, but I want all those things. All those things sound good. I've tasted this world and there isn't anything good out there. But I've tasted the Lord and that's what I want to be a part of in my life. So the spirit of do what floats your boat is the same spirit of you do you 
like I said, God did not free us from worldly bondage and captivity just for us to wander back into it. He didn't free the captive captives in, in Israel or in, in Egypt just for them to wander back into Egypt one day. No, he freed them and he gave them a plan. And the whole you do you isn't part of the plan. It's you do God. <laughs> and you came here today because you want to do God. I believe that's why you came here today. You didn't just wander into this chiropractic office on a Sunday afternoon at 2. God sent you here and he's got a plan. He freed us so that we can avoid all the snares and the yes. pitfalls and be yes. His people. I'm preaching against conforming to this world and I'm preaching what Paul saw, talked about in Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that, the, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. This series is, is not just a whatever floats your boat series. It's a renewing of our mind to the things of God. Now more than ever, we need to be renewed in our mind. There's anxiety, there's depression, there's all kinds of thoughts going on in our mind, and we need our minds renewed for what God wants us to do. I want this series, this series to renew my mind. Is there anybody that wants that today? Yes. I can picture it. I said this last week at church, a body of people so transformed and renewed in Christ, no matter what goes on in the world. No matter where there's wars or rumors of wars, no matter where there's earthquakes, no matter where there's canvassing and protesting, no matter what's going on in the world. I picture a church of people that are so renewed in their mind that they're just focused on Christ. They're focused on the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So last week we started the series of renewing our mind and moving against the whatever floats your boat, talking about godly fear and reverence. We've moved away from godly fear and reverence. We've moved into Jesus as our buddy. And yes, He is allowed to be our buddy, but more than that, He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And nowhere in this, nowhere in this natural world do you walk up to a king and put your arm around him because there's going to be a whole lot of people going, no, 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 that's a king. But what we do in church is we look at Christ as just a buddy. We look at him as the hippy-dippy of the 70s, as peace, love, and happiness. And yes, that is what he encompasses, but he encompasses it all in the very finger of his hand. And we have to start looking at God more as, and there be a reverence in our lives the way we look at him. And we dove into that last week, and we talked about awe. When was the last time we had awe? For God, when was the last time we woke up for all? And I got caught up on this little word that it says in the in the end of the the, the explanation of all. It's a, or reverence, a tinge of all. And I just talked about that word tinge and somebody sitting on the edge of their seat right. waiting in all. Right. When was the last time we waited in all for God? All that He's done. When was the last time we walked out the door and thought about the all of the beauty that God had created? Most of the time. We don't. So renewing of our mind starts with that reverence. And today I want to preach about rejoicing. I want to preach about rejoicing. I had the privilege to sit right here today. And that is real close to this proximity. <laughs> so I don't know if you were all rejoicing, but I know that I was. But it was hard to hear anybody else today. So if there was rejoice in the house, I do appreciate that. Uh, but what I think God wants us to do is be less about what we do just in here, yeah. but what we do out there. It's true. 365 days a year. Right. All the time. There should be a rejoice that comes out of our mouth. The question that I have for you is, does God want His people to rejoice? The answer is without a doubt. Absolutely. 
God wants His people to rejoice. The psalmist tells us in Psalms 100, 1 through 5, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture, going on to four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. It didn't stop at that generation. It said all generations, the psalmist said. There is nothing, there is nothing part of that scripture that you can read monotone. Can I just tell you that? Is there any Eeyores in here? You know what an Eeyore is? Just a monotone? I can be monotone. I can be monotone. You know, I'm just, yeah, it is what it is. You know anybody that way? Just just one I can be that way. I don't know what it is. I, I can be that way. But when you read the scripture, when you read the word of the Lord, now don't get me wrong, you go into Leviticus and you start reading some of that, you're going to be on that... Oh, this is the day. The, you know? <laughs> but when you start reading a Psalms, there's something that just wells up when you really begin to understand who God is and what he was about. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and why I want to preach this is because I'm afraid as a people, as a people of God, as an apostolic people, as a Christian people, as people, whatever we want to label ourselves as, I'm afraid we've got so caught up in the average, caught up in the mundane, of what's going on out there in the world that we have lost our rejoice. Our rejoice isn't even truly where it's supposed to be. We'll bring it up a little bit just because if you ask somebody how they're doing, they always put a smile on. Somebody asks somebody how they're doing, oh, I'm doing good. But where did it go? Oh, I'm doing wonderful today. When was the last time you heard that? Probably the same time you had the same awe and the tinge that God put when there was a reverent fear in our life. But here we are. Here we are. God wants us to rejoice. God encourages us, us to rejoice. The first time we see the word, the word rejoice in Scripture is in Exodus 18 and 9. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians. Do you know who Jethro was? He wasn't even in Egypt. He wasn't even in the bondage. That was Moses' father-in-law, who Moses went out and started taking care of his sheep way out in Midian or whatever one of those words are. Don't, don't quote me on that. But it was somewhere far away from Egypt. Far away from Egypt. And here come these, Egypt, these Hebrew people out of bondage. And the first one to rejoice was Jethro. When was the last time you rejoiced for somebody other than yourself? Ooh. Ooh, we don't do that. Why does she get all the glory? Oh, come on now. Right. But that's what happens. We become so so inundated with culture, with our Western culture, that we've missed the fact that we are supposed to rejoice right. for one another. Yeah. We are supposed to be encouraged by one another. And the very first time in Scripture, Jethro is the one that rejoices. Moses didn't even rejoice. Now, I think if I cross the Red Sea, I'd do a little dance. <laughs> I'd be a little happy. But, but Jethro is the one that rejoices for the Lord. The Bible says, for the Lord, he's, he finished and says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth. No, I'm going back. I'm sorry. 257 times the word rejoice is used in the scripture. 257 times it's, it's used. A couple of those scriptures are Deuteronomy 12 and 7. 
And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hands unto. Yea, and your households therein, the Lord thy God has blessed thee. When was the last time you rejoiced before you ate? When was the last time you prayed before you ate? You might pray, but is it rejoicing? Is it a thank you, Lord, for what you put in front of me? Now, now, I will preface this by saying the economy is getting a little tight. Inflation is real, is it not? So you might be rejoicing a little bit more now. But when it was bountiful, did you rejoice? Or did you just say, mm, mm, this is good, I'm just going to eat it? When was the last time you thanked him for your job, no matter how much you didn't like it? When was the last time you thanked him for your parents? When was the last time we did all these things, but yet it's scriptural that we should rejoice for everything that we put our hands on? We should rejoice because God has allowed us to put our hands there. The psalmist said in Psalms 20 and 5, we will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. When was the last time you rejoiced because you were saved? When was the last time? Well, the last time was when the last time was. And the last time was when I got saved. That's too long. That's right. It doesn't have to be in a service either. When was the last time you were just standing at home and you said, God, praise your name for saving my life, for saving my soul. It doesn't have to be organized. Your rejoicing shouldn't be dependent on a preacher standing before you and saying that you need to rejoice. It's a matter of renewing our mind and saying, I've got to get some things straight in my mind because I'm off kilter right now. We don't need a psychologist to tell us we're out of whack. I'm not saying mental health crisis isn't real. We've talked about it for quite a while. It's real. But what I'm saying is, is if we get our stuff together in our mind and allow God to transform us, we wouldn't have half the problems that we have. I wouldn't have anxiety because I'd be rejoicing too much. I wouldn't be worried, which is anxiety. I wouldn't be worried about tomorrow because I'd be rejoicing too much. My voice would be lifted too high to worry about what's coming next. That's what I'm trying to say this morning. The psalmist goes on again in Psalms 105 and 3. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. The heart of them that seek the Lord rejoice. Is there anybody seeking here today? Is there anybody seeking? I'm seeking. I got to rejoice. The Bible says if I'm seeking, there's a rejoice that's going to come out of me. And probably everybody knows this scripture. And you probably thought I would start off with it. In Philippians 4, 4, uh, Paul tells the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So much did he want you to know about rejoicing. He said rejoice in the Lord always. When? Always. I I need you to hear this, church in Philippi. I need you to understand. When am I supposed to rejoice? Always. Oh, oh, don't miss it because I'm going to say it again. And again, I say rejoice. It's not a it's not a a slogan that I'm just trying to get you to understand. It's a lifestyle that everywhere I walk, I should rejoice. If I go to Chili's, there should be a rejoice. If I go to Walmart, there should be a rejoice. No matter where I go, there should be rejoice in my voice. I told you this morning I'm a day another day older today. And I woke up feeling another day older. I didn't wake up feeling like I wanted to rejoice. You ever had one of those days? Lord, I just want to go back to bed. <laughs> you ever had one of those? I'm not the only one that has them. But it's in those moments 
that I have to rejoice the most. That's right. It's in those moments that I have to rejoice the loudest. Can I be transparent with you? I had a totally different message prepared. I prepared it all week long. And God woke me up this morning. He said, that ain't going to work today. That ain't going to work today. And I said, Lord, I don't feel like it today. And he said, and that's why you need to do it. It's in those moments that we wake up and we don't feel like it. Those are the moments that we have to rejoice the loudest. Those are the moments that we have to shout the loudest. God is looking for rejoicing people. Contrary to the flesh, the Spirit tells us in all things rejoice. When your flesh tells you you need to be quiet, that's whenever you need to let the Spirit take over. Because our flesh is telling us more and more, just shut up and sit down. Yeah. And the Spirit of God is kind of fighting that, saying, no, you need to stand up and you need to raise your voice. I don't need you to get mixed up in all that garbage out there, but what I need you to do is I need you to lift up your voice to me. Because that's what rejoicing is about. It ain't about this worldly culture that we're caught up in. It's about the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord and all that He has created. I'm not caught up in politics. I'm not caught up in what my kids are doing at school. I don't really care because my rejoicing is in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, I think if we get our priorities straight and our rejoicing straight, we wouldn't even worry about none of that stuff anymore. You know why? Because we'll be dancing around it rejoicing. We'll be dancing and singing through it rejoicing. And you know what will happen? People will start to go, well, I want to rejoice. I want to shout. I want to dance. I want to do all of that stuff because that's what God has called us to do because they don't really want to worry about that stuff either. And yet here we are as Christians, as the church, missing our voice. We're missing our voice. Our voice isn't a platform. Our voice is to pronounce the king. Our voice is to glorify. You remember in the scripture when Jesus came in to to Jerusalem on that donkey, people had went before him and said, here comes the king. The king is coming. Where's the church to proclaim the king is coming? Where's the church with the rejoicing in our voice? The flesh will lend us to believe that we can only rejoice when things are going good. But the spirit tells us, even when we can't see him, right. he's working. Yes, he is. The Spirit tells us, even when we don't feel like it, right. he's working. And yes. every moment we should rejoice. Again, it's not just a word. It's, a, it's an attitude. It's a way of life. It's a living in the kingdom. Rejoicing should be all that we are. Yes. There was a show called Deal or No Deal. You heard of it? <laughs> Imagine you were on that show and you were down to two cases. A million dollars and one dollar. And you went for it. Now, we're not talking about luck here today. But you went for it and you won the million dollars. And you would all not be sitting there like that. (laughs) You all looked at me like, I just told you you won a million dollars. You wouldn't just sit there and say, well, that's wonderful, thanks. I'm going to go home now. No, you would shout. You would get excited. There would be great joy that would move upon you. All your bills would suddenly fade away. You would you would move you would move with so much excitement that you would rub the bald guy bald host's head. You would just get caught up in the moment. 
when compared in the natural to the spiritual, that's what rejoicing is like. Every day we wake up, our case is full of a million dollars. If you want to put it in a monetary value. Because we believe in Jehovah Jireh. That's right. My provider. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord thy healer. Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. The Lord is all that we want to call him. That is encompassed in the name of Jesus. And yet we wake up going, oh, I just got a dollar today. Oh. Now we should wake up with rejoicing and saying, God, you're bringing me all that I need and all that I could ever want and care for. That is what rejoicing looks like. It is an atmosphere of celebration that the psalmist was trying to show us in our opening scripture. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. When was the last time you woke up and shouted? And not at your alarm clock. Shut up. <laughs> Or not at your kids. Go back to bed. Give me five more minutes. A shout. Yes. Again, you don't have to be an extrovert or an introvert or whatever you want to call them to shout. You just got to shout. Yes. There is a shout in everybody. Trust me. People can push you to the corner. And when you get there, you'll shout. Why is it that we have to wait to that moment to let our shout out about God? I understand that some people are more reserved. Like I told you, I can be an Eeyore at times. And maybe less outward expressors. I'm not a person that likes to be up in front of people. I'm not. I'm not. But when it comes to the Lord, you kind of move yourself out of the way. Say, God, move me out of the way. Let me in decrease so that you can increase. And when we start to think about that in our life, it's not about us. Mm. Oh, the spirit of selfishness. The spirit of selfishness just moved off of me because it's not about me. I'm not standing up here in front of you because I want you to like my new suit. I'm standing up here in front of you speaking what God wants me to speak because it's all about our voice. It's all about our presence and creating that atmosphere of celebration. The sense that some of us are reserved and less outward. I have no problem with that. Raising our voices, but we when when we say that we're not an outward expressor, oftentimes you'll find that individual at a concert yelling as loud as they can. Or at a ball game or a sporting event. I, I'm not an outward expressor, but I'll go to a game, rip my shirt off, and paint something on my chest and hold up a sign. <laughs> I'm not doing that today. <laughs> I gotta look like some I'm getting out of here. He's gonna rip his shirt off. But you know what I'm talking about. When it comes to church, I'm gonna be reserved. I'm going to sit with my hands in my lap, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm barely going to make a peep because I want to be reserved in the presence of the Lord. And all the while, God is saying, I want you to be like David and dance before me. I want you to lose yourself so that it's not about just people around you, that it's about you and me. And here it is. Here's where the rubber meets the road is we can go to all these things. We can celebrate our kids. We can lift up our voice at graduation and make noises. But when it comes to God, we just lose the rejoice. We just lose our rejoice. At times we can shout with the best of them. But when it comes to rejoicing in the Lord, we lose the exuberance and the excitement. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation. Because in that, there's pride. There's arrogance. There's, there's uncertainty. There's doubt. There's a reason why when we come before the presence of the Lord, we don't let our shout come out because we're uncertain. We're uncertain. But can I tell you that the people that shout the loudest are uncertain the most? 
They have no idea what's coming tomorrow, but that's why their shout is so loud, because they've got to trust in only God, and that's the only way that their shout can ring out. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I do know the louder I raise my voice, the closer I can get to his ear. Yes, yes, amen. And you said, you said, well, I thought he was in this room. He is in this room, and I can make it a little whisper. But that's not what he's asking me for. He's asking me to shout from the inner belly, from the innermost part of my belly to let out the loudest shout because it's not about him knowing that him and I are together. It's about this world knowing that no matter where I step, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. We relegate, we relegate our voice, our shout, to a mere hand clap of deserved praise. You ever been there? God, I want to shout you, but I can't, so I'm just going to clap for you. Do you know it's not the same? It's not the same as my voice. Everybody's hand clap sounds about the same, but my voice is different. Everybody's voice is different. Everybody's, everybody's words that come out of this throat and out of this mouth are formed different, and that's what God is looking for. He's not just looking for my shout in this room. He's looking for all of our shouts in this room. God is searching for our voice this morning. The word shout or noise is from the original Hebrew to mean ruah, R-O-O-A-H. And I'm not a Hebrew studier, so please bear with me. But the root word of ruah means to break or split something apart. So the word ruah means ear-splitting sound. When it comes to making a shout, when it comes to rejoicing, it's not supposed to sound like this. I'm being silly but at the same time if your shout sounds like maybe that's all you got here but we better make sure that it's all we got because we don't have a problem talking about the woman that came and brought her two pence that was all that she had but when it comes to my praise and my worship I'm just going to give what I give and we think that it's different it's the same giving is the same across the board we don't like to talk about it because we think it's money but my shout should be giving in my praise and that's worth more than I could ever take out of my back pocket because it signifies not just to him, but to the world, like I said, that I and everything that I have belongs to him. Shout, noise, rejoice, ruah, however you want to put it, our worship, our praise, rejoicing is meant to be loud. You ever remember the first time you went to a Pentecostal service? That's what we are. It was loud. You ever been to any other service? It's not that loud. <laughs> I said, what is wrong with these people? And then I started reading my word. I started looking in my scripture and I saw that everybody was loud. Every time there was loud, there was noise. God's spirit moved in. God made a way. Ruah is the same word we see when Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. You remember that story? He marched around the city. The trumpet was supposed to sound. The people were supposed to shout. Do you know what the people didn't do? It didn't sound like this. Yay. Walls are coming down. They shouted. They shouted so loud. Why? Because that was the only way they were going to conquer. That was the only way they were going to get in. Joshua 16, 16 and 20 says this. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the police 
priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you this city. I'm not going to read 20 yet, but can I tell you, God has given us the town of normal. God has given us victory in the town of normal. We are are here right now, but that's not where God wants us. You know where he wants us? In the city, in the midst of the people. But the only way that we're going to get there is we're going to march, and we're going to shout, and we're going to march, and we're going to shout. What are you marching and shouting about? I have no idea, but it's what the Bible tells me to do. The Bible tells me that the victory of the Lord is going to come with my shout because God has already planned it, and he's already ordained it. I said, I told you last week to pray. Yes. Pray for our building. Yes. We're moving forward on that building, and I couldn't get an architect to give me the time of day. <laughs> and I was shouting, just not at the Lord. I was shouting at the architects. <laughs> oh, so I got a call this week. I got a call this week, and I'm meeting an architect on Wednesday in that building to get decisions and plans moving forward. And then I got another call this week because you you were all praying, and I believe there's power in prayer. I got another call this week that the owner of the building wants to meet with us on Friday and set up a plan, and I'm praying, God, he's going to give me the building. That's what I'm praying. God, he's going to give me the building, and he's going to give me the land. That's what I'm praying, and that's what I'm believing. And you say, how can that happen? I have no idea how it's going to happen. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shout. Right. Yes. I'm going to march. Yes. I'm going to shout. And I'm going to believe. And the more it doesn't look like it's going to happen, the louder I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout until my voice goes away. And then I'm going to let it recover. And then I'm going to shout some more. Because that's what rejoicing is all about. You say, well, what if you don't get the building? It doesn't matter. God's still worthy. It's a principle. It's a godly principle in my life. That my shout has got to reflect what I believe God is going to do. I believe God is going to march into our workplaces. And we're going to shout and rejoice to the point that people are just going to flood in. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Glory, glory, glory. I might just lose my voice right now. I might have to go back to a microphone. Because God is so good. And so this is what we read in Joshua 6.20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpet, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. It didn't fall down this way. It went this way. It fell. The the earth consumed the wall, and the people were able to march over it. It didn't kill people when it fell. God is all about building and lifting up. God is all about giving us what his word says he's going to give us. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. That's why, that's why we need to rejoice. That's why we need rejoicing. It's not for what just today holds. It's what for tomorrow and the next day and the next day holds. Charles Spurgeon once explained the spirit of rejoicing as a happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. I believe the Lord is happy. I believe the Lord, every time he created something, said, this is good. That's right. That's right. Now, if I say this is good, it's usually something I'm eating. This is good. <laughs> and you go back for seconds. But when we talk about a happy God, we talk about need to be a happy people. I don't think you can be down and depressed and be a servant of the Lord. That's right. Because I don't think your king wants you to live that way. That's right. Now, there's times we go through moments, please don't get me wrong. But in those moments, my rejoicing 
should be the loudest. I don't want to rejoice in front of people. That's fine. Find yourself a little closet and rejoice and shout. Because then when you get in front of people, you're going to have your rejoice and your shout because God already brought you out of that closet. you got to get by yourself. Hey, get by yourself. David encouraged himself. Doesn't mean we can't, but we just can't live in it. We just can't live in it and be down in the dumps about it. You see, when we stop rejoicing, we stop receiving. What do I mean by that? The gratitude, the shout, the joyful noise we extend to God shows how much we cherish cherish Him. Cherish Him. Not about the gifts, but how much we cherish Him for His mercy, for His grace. All things that He's already poured out. But when we stop to shout, we stop receiving. Now I'm not sure that I'm worthy to be forgiven. And now that I'm not sure I'm worthy to be forgiven, I stop forgiving others. Now all of this stuff it's just building up and collecting in my life. And now I can't even make a come out. Now I can't even let a shout come out. Because I'm in so much bondage. And you're saying that's really tied to my rejoicing. 110% is tied to, tied to your rejoicing. Because when we rejoice, we realize all that God did for us. We rejoice, we realize all that God has accomplished through us. When we rejoice, everything that God is, is right at our fingertips and the sounds of our voice. When we rejoice, it's my flesh getting out of the way so that His Spirit can come in and fill every compartment. His mercy, His grace, His provision. When praise and rejoicing goes up, blessing and glory for the Lord comes down. I want God to be in my life daily. Amen. Amen. I need God in my life daily. Amen. Amen. And I need to rejoice. I need to rejoice to be a part of my life. I need to rejoice to be louder than my hand cut Hallelujah. We need to be baptized with rejoicing. We need to be baptized with praise. We need to be baptized with a shout. Unto the Lord. You're saying I'm just supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And what comes with that is everything that comes with the name. When we are obedient and we have reverent fear, we go down in the water. And we come up a new creature. And we come up with rejoicing and praise. It wasn't what I know, but it's now what I know. And we shout it with a loud voice. There is a joy in the Lord. There is joy in praise. There is joy in rejoicing. You can't rejoice with a frown on your face. You ever tried to rejoice with a frown? Doesn't sound too good. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like my voice right now. Sorry to crack. <laughs> Maybe you're wondering why rejoice. And the answer simply is rejoice because we know His name. And His name is is Jesus. Another shameless plug. Thursday night we're doing Bible studies about the name. We know the name. His name is Jesus. But the characteristics of the Old Testament, Jehovah, speak to the name of Jesus and all that He is. And the more we know of Him, the greater our shouts can be. The God of all creation, who in Genesis spoke creation, separated the waters from the water. He breathed breath into man. Rejoice because we know him by name. Isaiah 40 and 12 says this, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and metered out heaven with the span of his hand. Again, this is all about his hand and, compre- and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in a scale and the hills in a balance. The oceans contain more than 340 quintillion, whatever that word is, gallons of water. 
a lot of water. Yeah. Yet he holds it in the hollow of his hand. You're saying, why should I rejoice? Because he holds that in the hollow of his hand. You're saying, well, why do I need to rejoice? Why should I be vocal? Why should it be, be out loud? Why should I be all this? Because God gave us all of this. He created all of this. There wasn't a part of this that man created. You're saying, man put this building up. No, man took the tools that God put on this planet and built this building. But God provided everything that there is and everything that there was and everything that there will be. We've got to get out of our heads and think that we're the Lord because there is only one Lord. The earth is estimated to be six sextillion metric tons. But to God, the earth is like dust. Why should I not rejoice? Because to God, this is just like dust. But to me, this is everything. But to God, this is like dust. And I'm just a traveler traveling through. We know that the universe stretches more than 150 billion light years. But God measures it in the width of his hand. In the width, not the length, in the width of his hand. That's how big God is. 150 billion light years. And God measures it that way. There are over 100 billion galaxies in the universe. And the Milky Way contains 200 billion stars. Why are you giving me all these statistics? Because that's how great our God is. You mean to tell me that you can't wake up in the morning and find something to rejoice to the Lord about? You mean to tell me that there's something in your life that's so much more important than the Creator of all heaven and all earth? Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 40, 26, not only did he hang the stars, but he knows them by name. Not only did he hang them, but he knows them by name. And not only did he create us, but he knows us by name. He knows the amount of hairs on our heads. That's how great and how good our God is. Rejoice. Rejoice because God set us in this hour. Oh, this is a bad, tough world. I just wish I grew up in the 50s or the 40s. Maybe things would have been a lot easier. God ordained each and every one of our time to sit in this moment at this hour. And the only way to overcome it is through our voice and through our praise. I'm not talking about getting into a shout or an argument like I said in the beginning. I'm talking about a rejoice. What if somebody brought something political to you and you just start going, Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, mighty God. What if you just got out of it? What if you just separated from it? I'm not here for all that. I'm just a traveler passing through. I'm just getting to the other side. And the only way I'm going to get there is if my shout takes me there. The only way I'm going to get there is if my praise takes me there. You're beating a dead horse, Pastor. Yeah, I am. And it's time to get up. It's time to stop being a dead horse. It's time to shake off the dust of this earth. And it's time to begin to go with a shout and a rejoice. It's time to get on our feet. Get a little pop in our step. No matter what's going on, get a little shake to the side. And just let that voice ring out this morning. Just let that voice shout out this afternoon. He, he chose me who holds it all in his hand. He chose me for this moment, yeah. and I'm not backing down to anything in this world. And the only way I'm going to tell the world is if I express it with my voice. Yeah. You can put your hand up all day, but that doesn't mean anything. But when I shout it with my voice, you're going to know where I stand in the end. When the world wants the church to be quiet, it's time for the church to raise their voice right. with a shout. It's time for the church to raise their voice with a praise. It's time for the church to stand and rejoice. Stand with me, would you, today?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know if this is what you came here today to hear, but I know that this is what God sent me to preach today. God said, I'm tired of just my church sitting on the pew and taking in. I need my church to stand with a voice of rejoicing today. Psalms 118 and 24 says this. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's another one of those scriptures that you knew that you said, why didn't he read that at the beginning? And why I didn't read it at the beginning is because it's how I'm going to close. <laughs> Makes sense, right? We will rejoice and be glad in it. We oftentimes just sing that when we come into the house of the Lord. Why don't we sing it in our house? Right. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Right. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, I've got some problems going on in my life. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, I've got some people. I've got some people. You ever got some people in your life? I've got some people and they're just causing me problems. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, we talked about Jehovah Jireh, the provider he provides everything yes, it's not just money it's yes. not just food yeah. he brings all the provision Hallelujah. so why can't i have a rejoice in my voice why can't i have a rejoice in my praise god is calling us to a place of rejoicing today rejoice despite my circumstance rejoice because of who he is rejoice Every day in the Lord. I don't know how you're feeling. If you want to stay at your seat, if you want to come up to the front, we're going to sing a praise and we're going to sing rejoicing before we leave today. This isn't a typical altar call. This isn't a typical into the church service because here's the deal. It doesn't end here. Right. That's right. right. It just begins right here. And just like in the book of Acts, just like on the cross, it didn't end. It magnifies, it magnifies, it magnifies, and it moves, and it grows. And as we walk out that door, and we get into our car, and we shut the door, and it gets quiet, we can't allow the enemy to come in and say, ah, what he said was good. But he was caught up in the moment of his birthday. <laughs> No, because what I said was from the word of the Lord. Right, that's, right. that's why I read so many scriptures. There's 257 others. And if I thought you could stomach it, I'd read them all. Right. I don't think you can, nor do I think my voice is going to last that long. But we're going to a sing a song. And I pray that there is a rejoicing spirit that just begins to baptize us, like I said, yes, all throughout this place. Yes, forget where we are. Forget who you are around and just focus on the king. As they begin to sing, I'm going to lead us in a prayer and just let the Lord have his liberty. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes. Thank you.